Welcome to Secrets and Lies. I am Carolyn. We have Vicky and with I'm... us today. And a very, very special guest, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, how are you? Good, good. good. Be, Thank good, you for good, joining good. us today. Ah, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. I met Dan. He helped me come up with some um, writing background for a story I was working on that took place in a recording studio. And Dan... I'm going to post the link to his website um, in the chat with our uh, information, but uh, he has written a couple of books on voiceover and uh, voiceover from the point of view of a, of a sound engineer. So he really knows what he's talking about, which was super helpful for me because I set a crime in a recording studio and I kind of needed to know some good nuggets of authenticity and what would likely happen, what I should call things and all of that. And he was very, very kind to sit with me for um, half an hour or so and, and answer all of my questions. So he has two books. I'll put the links to those as well. One is called Zen and the Art of Voiceover. Uh, and one is called Sound Advice, Voiceover from an Audio Engineer's Point of View. I've actually read that book. I have the other book too but I haven't gotten to it yet. It is in my Kindle queue. I love it. Yeah, I was I, I was it. hoping, as you know, I have a, a closet in my new house that I intend to make some sort of like mini, not professional studio, but a little better than sitting out in my office where, you know, I hear planes and trucks and y yes, the cat. It, it, this is a very common thing. Most voice actors who or aspiring voice actors, this is what the, this is the first challenge that they really have is where to put the space to record because it's so important. It's the most critical decision that you'll make because a microphone picks up two things. It picks up you and your performance and it picks up the environment in which that takes place. So if the environment is a distraction, if the environment is overly echoey, reverberant, think of the difference between being in your bathroom and clapping your hands where there's a lot of hard surfaces, tile, glass, mirrors, versus going into the closet and clapping your hands where you don't hear all that reflection. I can add reflection as an audio engineer to the sound, it's much more difficult to take it away. So I would um, much rather have the quiet, non-reverberant space where in the final product, I can add as much as little, create whatever environment I would like to create with the sound. Whereas if you've already pigeonholed me into an environment because it is so extreme to where it's not really just your voice, it's also everything else going on. Mm -hmm. then A, there's a chance I can't use it because it's not appropriate for the final production. Or B, <clears throat> I'm forced to make corrective decisions rather than creative decisions. And that's not nearly as fun. So we have a mutual friend, uh, Paul, up in Baltimore. And poor, 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 poor Paul had to suffer through helping me record an audio version of my collection of short stories, 10 dysfunctions of our teams. And uh, he was very patient, but I was in a room that was less ideal than this one. And I thought I had it all figured out. I had the door shut and he'd be like, hold on a second. 
and he'd be like, I'm hearing something. And it would be my dog clicking around with her nails on the floor or just other things that I, I wasn't hearing at all. Sure. Right. The dog jumping around and stuff. We, we, we tune out so many things around us. You're focused, you're focused on your, what you're recording. Yeah. The air conditioner, the, I mean, all of the things and that I was oblivious too. And, um, I found, uh, I have later done some audio recording for things like trainings and some things at work. And, uh, some of those I did in my upstairs walk-in closet (laughs) to be a little more insulated late at night. Uh, and even that isn't great because at the time, um, I'm connected to the laptop and you hear the laptop. Yeah. So, right. I usually encourage people to keep the computer outside of the booth and use a separate monitor and a wireless keyboard and mouse to control it from inside the booth. Okay. That's, that's amazing. Cause I'm like, I don't know how yeah. that would work. And I'm sure my little setup that I have going on right now would be super cringy. It doesn't. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? One of the things we have to remember is that this is about sound first and foremost. So nobody is going to be looking at you when you, when you're a voice actor, nobody's looking at you when you're doing your job, when you're reading your narrative, whatever it might be. All we hear is your voice. And therefore your responsibility is to sound the best that you can and connect the emotional dots and connect the dots to the copy so that the listener will absorb that and be emotionally connected to what you're saying. Those are the most, that's the most important thing. And as long as there's no audio distractions. So in other words, as long as it sounds good to the listener to where there isn't dog right. clicking, dog nails clicking to where there isn't your imagine being engrossed in an audio book and you are really like feeling something, right? And then something completely out of character for the scene occurs in the recording. Maybe birds are chirping outside when it is clearly a scene taking place at night in uh in, in alaska where we don't have the same kind of, where we're in alaska they don't have the same kind of birds that we have in Asheville, north carolina you know what i mean if you are tuned into that story and you're hearing it and you are tuned into that environment and all of that as a audiobook listener you wouldn't want that to occur in your recording because it, it will take you out of the moment it will take you out of the moment. So that's why we need to be focused on our environment when we're recording the most. I, I, it's, that's exactly right. And, and while you were explaining that I could hear someone putting stuff in the microwave. So that's my, <laughs> that's my reality. It's, um, a, it's a lot of people's reality. Remember people, first of all, this wasn't the way things were 15, 20 years ago. People were just starting to move into home studios. Mm. When I began 24 years ago, people came into the studio and 
came in to do their recordings most of the time. I was working, I was kind of on the forefront in a way of people working remotely because I did work with several talent at the time who had studios in their home. I actually helped Susan Bennett, who was the very first voice of Siri. I helped her build her home studio in Atlanta 27 years ago or something like that. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Vicky has a pretty sweet setup at her house for, for writing. She has a nice, she actually calls it her studio. She has a nice space in her house to kind of separate her for right. We writers need to, we, if we're stuck, love distractions that take us away from having to produce things. But um, when we are trying to focus, it's often hard to do at home. I am I don't know. You might consider it fortunate or unfortunate. I am uh, what I what I say. A bir- I'm a bird launcher this year. So, in other words, not an empty nester, but a bird launcher. So my- <laughs> you kicked him out. <laughs> no. Well, I- <laughs> I'm thinking <clears throat> that would be more like a bird thrower or a, or a, <laughs> a bird hurler. Uh, no, th- no. Uh, I feel my kid. My kids are I- incredibly incredible. They're just they're they're just awesome boys. They they're very successful and have been all through their academic career. And now they're continuing that on. One's at Western Carolina University. The other moved to Brooklyn to become a history teacher in New York. I'm super proud of them. But this is the year that finally they are both basically they don't live here anymore. So the house is quiet. The house is quiet, but when I wrote my second book, because the first book I was writing it while I was working at a production studio and writing it in between session, you know, and whenever at any time I had this last book, though, I've had a lot more opportunity to write it while I was spending time outdoors, uh, getting it's just sitting on my back deck where it's where it was quieter. To be honest, the, they, they've just left the house, but for the last couple of years, they've been more or less on their own as far as being able to come and go. So I, ha- I was beginning to get that change. That's cool. And I had a lot more time to sit outside and not be in a dark padded room writing uh, uh, writing this second book. That's really cool. Vicky, his his studio is, is sweet. It's um, on like the first floor there and it's 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 super quiet. It's it's almost disconcertingly quiet. I find um, recording studios. Uh, even uh, my office in Columbia has uh, little phone booth things that you can go in and have a meeting or do a, a conference, and you're not supposed to really be able to hear it outside. You can, uh, but it's a little disconcertingly quiet because I think as humans we get accustomed to the background noises of our space and that becomes sort of kind of a comfortable. Here's when you notice things about your environment, especially when you've been in it for a long time. So for instance, I remember when we replaced the carpet in our living room with bamboo floors. Yeah. And I went to bed that night and remember, and, and was hearing the refrigerator for the first time. Uh, echo throughout the living room. So 
you don't even and then of course now i don't even pay any attention to that i totally tune it out it's just part of the environment but that's exactly why we need to be recording our spaces and then especially if you're narrating your own audiobook which i assume a lot of your listeners are probably hoping to do Mm -hmm. at some point so first of all that's a a challenging task from a performance standpoint, but we'll talk, we can talk about that later. But as far as the environment goes, you have to remember until you make a recording of yourself and listen to it in another place, you really don't recognize what second. really sounds like. And I definitely recommend doing it in the car. The car is usually everybody's best environment for listening to a uh, it's their it's their highest quality speakers that most people have and it is also an incredibly quiet environment in fact i have recorded voiceover in my car that's is that in your car in your garage or Uh, outdoors I, i i was i had one time i had a call in the middle of, we were on our way to take our kids to a Cub Scout camp. And I got a call on the way, urgent call that a client needed a revision to a line. Now, I, as a voice actor and as somebody who uh, needs to have the, uh, is contractually in some cases required to have that kind of availability. I bring gear with me almost anywhere I go so that I can do an easy recording with a laptop and, and a small setup. But in, in that case, inside the car is really the best place to do that. And especially, you know, you can drive to a quiet environment and it doesn't have to necessarily be inside a house. I, I know I didn't do this, but I know people who have driven to cemeteries Okay. Okay. Because every time I see videos, like on, of course, they're not recording specifically video, their, their internet, social media stuff. It just always seems like you can hear cars going by or you can hear sounds outside, but I don't know. But I mean, obviously you would have a different setup and you would attempt to find a quieter place like a cemetery. That makes sense. Yeah, and you got to understand too, it really depends on the circumstances. Not everybody who's posting things on social media has to have a quiet environment. Right. That's not really the goal of the situation. In fact, mm-hmm. in some cases, I mean, we used to add background, or we still do, of course, to do sound design, and we add background noise to things. But in that case, that's just part of the environment that people mm-hmm. are willing to capture. And again, it's not for. It's in those cases when they're out there kind of live on the spot kind of situation, it's not really about the quality of their voice as long as we can hear it over whatever the background noise is and we've got some clarity there. But it isn't about, first of all, it's not about I need a pure voice only quality sound Mm -hmm. or I don't want the outside sounds to be distracting from what the story is really about. So I'm sitting here right now in my studio and she said like, it's a great writing studio, which is true. And I do digitization in here, but um, trying to record in here, I don't know if you're hearing an echo right now. Totally. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do just for fun. I'm going to click on this echo cancellation, see if it changes anything. Okay. I don't know, but 
uh, and this is on me, all my surfaces are hard surfaces, vinyl floor, big hard desk. You know, I have, I've been to a listening room in St. Pete where a music listening room and I loved it. And it obviously had the walls set up for stuff to not bounce off and things like that. So at it, just at a desk, I know you mentioned putting the computer outside, but just at a desk, what do you suggest? Like putting anything, put the microphone on top of something or to buffer it? You actually mean putting something soft on your, on your desk itself? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most of, most of the time the desk while you could certainly put a towel down or something along those lines. For instance, if I'm using a copy stand, I will usually have a towel over the copy stand because they're metal. When I worked at a production studio, we've had to have people remove tops and things to in order to get that wow. or something too crunchy. Trying to feel so it, figure out what would be crunchy for clothing, but um, wow. Well, think about the way like even even just the sound of jeans rubbing together right okay i mean that the, if people are really kind of moving around and the, it's really shirts not so much pants that are ever a problem but tops because voice actors we encourage them to be physical a lot because emotion follows motion to right. where you you are using your hands and and emoting right and sometimes mm -hmm. if, if your clothes are crispy or if you uh crispy sounding i don't know i don't even know why i said crispy but you know what i mean some clothes make noise right? taffeta and, and, taffeta would be noisy sure okay yeah and, because everybody <laughs> comes to the studio wearing taffeta <laughs> but, but, but nonetheless uh jewelry those types of things also make noise even earrings uh because they're so close to the mic and they're jangly These that's amazing People don't often think of them, but it, they definitely get in the way. Recording's almost more of a technical thing than it is a creative thing for the engineer. Right. Because Correct. I've got, when you're thinking with your engineer hat on, <clears throat> for those of you who are not really engineers but have to record themselves, right? You have to be thinking from, okay, how, what's the overall sound quality here? Then it's a, that's a creative side and it's kind of fun. But with my, you know, having launched my birds, uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, that's I'm getting to do that again, which is why I got into sound engineering in the first place, really, was to create music with musicians. Now, at the time, I didn't I wasn't a musician, but now I'm learning. I've been learning to play guitar for the last three years, and now I'm creating music of my own, which is just amazing to me. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to talk mostly to my what I believe your listeners would be interested in is the audiobook side of things. Mm -hmm. You do have to remember that if you are looking to narrate your own audiobook in any way, that it's actually more like a five to one ratio. So, in other words, if the book takes an hour to an hour to listen to the final product, it took five hours to create that hour. Yeah, because you had to read it and record it, which involved probably some prep time in addition yeah. to just the recording process, which takes more than an hour because you know you're not, you know you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have to reread some things for meaning and that sort of thing. Then you have to go and edit it 
and clean it all up. And you're probably going to do the way I kind of approach it is I do very broad stroke edits first. Things that I clearly know are, are not going to be in there. I know I can go away. And then I do some more fine tune editing. And that certainly takes more than the amount of time than it does to actually listen to the book, right? So then on top of that, then you've got to listen to the final and proof it. So you're looking at like five, a five to one ratio, which is very important for people. It took a good amount of time when Paul and I worked on, on my audio book for him to clean up all of my errors. I learned, I learned a ton of things during that experience and, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll share some of those with you guys in just a sec. Um, before we jump too far ahead, um, I wanted to take a sec and ask Vicki, hey, what you got going on, girl? Uh, well, I have um, I have a new project that is research related. Um, a friend of mine has a story about her dad where he kind of disappeared for a period of time. So it's a family secret story. I love story. a good family secret so you know story. I jumped on that. Yep. So that's really so cool. That's what I'm doing right now. In fact, I got called that project. Where's your daddy? <laughs> All right. I am, as you know, putting together and installing a little free library in my neighborhood. So I got, I'm super excited. I got about that. Uh, confirmation that it shipped last night. I should have it on Tuesday and then I get to, you know, decorate it and get it all together and then figure out how to install it and then fill it with books. So I'm super excited about that. You have, you have books, Karen? I have so many books. Yep. This is going to be a whole new thing for you now. I'm all with you on the coffee. You know, it's actually bad for your voice, but nonetheless, that's correct. Room Room temperature, room temperature, water. But what's actually more important is your breathing when you're reading and because if you, here's what I want you to think about when you're narrating your book, and actually really in life, is you're breathing first. Hydration is also critically important. So hydrate the day before you actually have to do a performance. That way, that way when you, that's way, that way you begin with your body hydrated. And then any water you have that day will sit on top of that and it will help. But breathing is most important because if you breathe properly, which is through your nose, you will moisturize your vocal cords and warm them as the air is passing back out when you're speaking versus taking a breath in through your mouth, which dries out your vocal cords and makes them and makes them work less efficiently. Breathing is critical. To- uh, I hadn't thought of the breathe in through your nose as a way of keeping your vocal cords um, warmed up. Uh, yeah. What other critically important and and you should be thinking about it all the time because even in what you were just telling me, you were breathing through your mouth. Mm. Like I guess I, I have I, I really not thinking about it. But now I'm going to be all super self-conscious. Like I'm breathing wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Well, it's good to be, it's good to be conscious of it. Don't let it rule your, don't let it rule your life, but it's good to be conscious of it because it does really help, especially when you're presenting anything. Vicki, 
Dan is teaching a class to help people not screw up like this um, later this month on the 21st, right, Dan? You want to tell us a little yeah. bit about the class you have coming up? Yes. So here in Asheville at the Screen Artist Co-op, Screen Artist Talent Agency, I will be teaching a voiceover, an introduction to voiceover class. So that's, we're going to talk about the equipment that you need, what you can expect from the business. We're going to do some performance stuff for sure. We'll do some voice transformations, which is what I like to call them. So basically we'll read a little bit and we will transform that delivery into something that is connected and sounds professional and oh, all wow. that good stuff. We'll do some of that. And mostly we'll just have some fun and introduce people to the business because it's, uh, it's a great business to be in. It's not a, it's not an easy business by any stretch of the imagination, mm -hmm. but it is certainly something that if you love it, it can be really be rewarding and it can be something that if you love it, it can really be a fun gig. I can. yeah. Any option you have to do things that are enjoyable like this, where you don't have to dress up, you don't have to necessarily leave your house or go someplace in uncomfortable shoes. Um, I'm all <laughs> down for that. One of the one of the questions I have gotten from people before is it is it even a realistic expectation to be able to do some voice work like as sort of on the side for people who have regular day jobs and things. Sure. People do it all the time, especially people who are into audiobooks, because they are able, if you're not looking to make a living from it and you can work on your own time frame, then usually an author, for instance, might give you, well, can you get it done in six weeks or whatever? And then you can decide how you want to go about that. That's real. So do you find as an audio engineer that, I mean, do you have clients who do their own recording in their own home studios, but then they send that work to you to edit um, and take care of the technical pieces? Yeah. Um, because that is a completely different skill set. That's a different kind of thing. And people who may be set up to do recording may not be set up either uh, with experience or with the proper equipment to do like a good recording pass. That's one of the services you offer. Well, it's an, and it's another side of it, right? The recording side is a different skill than the listening side. I encourage my students to do a lot of listening because you have to listen to gain the experience of like, okay, what really sounds good? And why does this sound better than that? Right. So, yeah. and you have not, you shouldn't be expected to know how to do that because you, nobody's asked you to do that that critically in your life. Most people are very self-conscious about their the sound of their own voice. Bajillions of years ago when I worked at Disney in order to learn the very long scripts, I would record myself doing them and then listen yeah. back. And then you learn the script in the same way that we learn like song lyrics. So that, was, that was how I did it. So I... I think I'm maybe more comfortable than listening to my own voice. All right, here we go. Cause I have some questions from some of our listeners. Uh, what tips can you provide to help people with voice recovery? If their voice is tired, hydration, rest, 
vocal exercises that I can teach you. That's good. And uh, making sure that you're eating foods that, for instance, don't affect your uh, that don't affect acid reflux types of things like that. That's that's a hard one because that goes back to our coffee conversation. Oh yeah, coffee, dark everything you like causes. Oh, isn't that, that the truth? It's all bad for me. Yeah. It's all bad. I I, I know. And, and if it doesn't cause acid reflux, it probably causes cancer. So. Well, get the planet. No. I know it's hard. Okay, from, <laughs> from a member of our audience, if you have been told by many that you have a voice and you should do voice work, what would you suggest as a first step? Seek out coaching. Coaching. So coaching is a, is a very important element while you're doing your research. But you also don't want to form bad habits. So a lot of people are learning from YouTube or they're listening to commercials and sort of thing. And they're just trying to parrot that. That connection. The emotion, it didn't connect. That connection isn't happening. The words, just, the words are just words. Um, as writers are accustomed to understanding that a great amount of what it is that we produce and put on the page is actually not what we have done, but what is happening in our reader's mind and how they are filtering all of that through their own experience and through their own understanding of the world and their own bias and all of those things. And then they fill in their own version of our story, which may or may not be how we pictured or how we thought that it was going to be when we put it down, when we put it out there. So there's that connection. And I imagine it's just a whole other level when you're adding. Well, I think Dave Grohl, I think Dave Grohl said it best. And I think that this applies to all art. And he says, when I'm up on stage and I'm singing a song to 70,000 people, I know that when those 70,000 people are singing it back to me, they're singing it back for 70,000 different reasons. Yes. That's actually amazing. I know. Wow. And he's amazing. He's amazing. He, I... All right. Who's ready for some truth or fiction? I think I'm ready. I all right. I, have I do it. have one question, though. Yeah. I have one question for, for Dan. What does your shirt say? I can't see your whole T-shirt there. Oh, it says, I sit in a dark padded room hearing voices and talking to myself. Okay. I it's like the it. Wor it's the worst way of describing my job. <laughs> <laughs> I have such I website uh, uh, jealousy because he's got a merch button on his website and you can actually buy a coffee mm -hmm. mug that says that. Vicky, and okay. that's a problem because both she and I are have more coffee mugs than we need. Well, I get that. If that's possible, <laughs> do we find cool ones and we have to buy them? Alrighty. Well, the theoretically, you only need one. That's a lie. And sadly, <laughs> I mostly use one, and and right. the rest are, are in a shelf or something. That is this a one, lie. This one is from. Blue Ridge Thread Company. So it's a local company that I'm that makes clothes. The what? What? No thread. You know what? I don't think so. I think it's a marketing company. I'm gonna have to look into it. Okay. The mug was cool. I'm going with my Van Halen stripes. There you go. Okay. There you go. Old school. Because there is a small town 
And in this small town, the local uh, railway really no longer came through town. The local sawmill wasn't getting business much anymore. And it eventually shut down. And this, this town, this would be in the 50s and 60s, was facing some serious financial hardship. And the members of this town started on a new revenue stream for themselves that seemed to catch on around town by cashing in insurance policies if they were to have some sort of accident and lose a hand or lose a foot or something until eventually 70 or more of those residents had made successful insurance claims um, for accidental dismemberment and the insurance company had to go in and investigate. Truth or fiction? Like a lot of people. I can see how cutting off a couple fingers for some money might bring something in, but 70 sounds like a, like a whole town. I say fiction. I say truth. Uh-oh. It is in fact true. It is a story. Guess where? Guess where this this town is, Vicky? It, it's in North Carolina. I'm sure. It's got to be Western North Carolina. It's in Florida. It's in Florida, uh, where all of choice. the ridiculous stories that sound like they couldn't possibly be real are in How fact real. The the Florida town man times seventy. It's in the Panhandle. <laughs> it's called Vernon, Florida. And uh, its nickname is Nub City. Perfect. Yeah, it's real. Real place. I've written two nonfiction books. I wonder if I need to write a fiction book. Hey, we can help you with it. the with yep. the writing of fiction for sure. And we can most definitely use some help with the recording of everything and understanding our stuff. So I will definitely be looking at that class coming up later this month. Um, but before we leave you, I want to share a tip. Um, don't be afraid to step a little outside of not just your genre, but your medium a little bit. Um, when you are uh, doing new, you know, looking for inspiration or, or trying to get good creative energy, good creative flow going, like do something different, do a paint night and building a library. Um, uh, we are, are dabbling in, in uh, voice work, which is clearly not our first strength here. Um, writing in other genres or doing other, other things will, uh, will get you uh, fired up and enthusiastic again about being a creator. Create uh, artists, right? I say this a lot to my students. First of all, art, in order to be done well, needs to be experienced over and over again. You need to yeah. experience the failures. You need to experience the successes and what those feel like. Emotionally, what do those feel like? Because that's where you're going to make the most gains in creating. So, for instance, I am 
writing my own music. I only learned to play. I know I look like and my, you know Van Halen all that stuff. I look like I played guitar since I was twelve, but that's <laughs> not true. I only picked it up three years ago, but I'm already writing my own music. And thankfully, because of my background, I have a general understanding of how it all works. I just have never done it as a musician before. But now that I'm creating as a musician that, uh, that plays a guitar player, uh, I am getting all, especially because I'm new at that, I'm getting creative gains and sparks all the time when I'm achieving something that uh, I couldn't do just a month before. I make some sort of creative connection with it that it was like, oh, wow, that's how that's done. Uh, and it's super fun. And it definitely has inspired me to, um, I just finished my second song. I just put it out actually on TikTok today. Cool. Uh, for people oh, wow. If, if they're, What's if the they're title? Interested. Uh, well, I still generally call it Project 21. Okay. <laughs> it's my, my, 20, my 21st project in total, but the second one that actually has made it to fruition so far. Um, but I, the, the kind of working title is uh, Back to You, I believe. Awesome. Okay. So we'll so cool. we'll see. But yes, love that idea. Creative Sparks. I've, I've always loved to paint, draw make be a part of music in some way shape creation some way shape or form different ways of interpreting the world around us and expressing it absolutely yeah i also absolutely. think it, it it fires up a different part of your brain too mm -hmm. so you're producing you know when you're writing it it can be exhausting in one part of your brain but when you turn around and start filling in the paint the numbers or go to a museum and then suddenly the other side is sparked up so I think that As helps a lot. Mm -hmm. As it should be. Anything you want to add, Vicki? No, that was it. Oh, so I did see this a little bit different, but I saw in one of the writing groups online this week um, a new author who has finished his book, and he had a really, really bad case of imposter syndrome. Very and common. He was at the stage where he'd had his friends look at the manuscript. He's had his... Um, beta readers, a couple beta readers and his writing group look at it. And he still had like, I don't know if this is crap or not. So it was just at that point where sometimes the only way to get rid of imposter syndrome may be to have a professional look at it. But who knows? I mean, I always love when people have already taken it to their friends and, and all that. Before and they send it to you. Back. We've, oh yeah, as an editor, before they send it to me, yes. I, we, I think all but, all yeah, of us so, writers have had people send us work, and you're yeah. like, oh okay. Mm -hmm. Voice no, actors, no, I love it. Voice voice actors do the same thing. They come to me and they say, especially when it comes to their studio sound, because they're working isolated. They don't really compare their sound to other people, yeah. so they need somebody to say yes, this sounds competitive with all the other people that might be auditioning for this job, whatever. I always so, encourage people to share their work so that they can make the comparisons that they need to make. And if not, then certainly come to me and I will, I will help, help you decide whether it's at a quality that's competitive when it comes to your studio, your delivery, your performance, all yep. those things. So you're the professional also that I'm talking about. So even recording, you know, audiobook recording people are starting out can also have imposter syndrome. Sure. 
And so okay. can voice and so can voice actors that and especially yeah. again, people just starting out. And often when you're talking about an acting or any type of again creative endeavor, I think it comes in waves. I think there are times feel great about something you've done and don't feel like an imposter. And then you maybe go through a lull or feet or, you know, feast or famine kind of situation where it's, you know, you're a little bit in a, a famine situation. And then suddenly you're, it happens, <laughs> it happens to everybody in creative fields. So just keep yeah. that in mind. You're never alone. You're never That's alone right. in this situation. Thank you so much for joining us today. You gave us a lot of really great information to think about. And I know, um, I know that our listeners are going to be super curious uh, definitely check out Dan's website. I will put that link up there for you. Um, and we'll also include uh, if you have a direct link for that class that's coming up. Uh, so you can uh, you can learn a little bit more on site. Yeah, I'll look at I'll look in that the website just to say it sound the number four vo.com. Uh, the books are there. And also you the uh, reach out to the screen artist co-op uh, uh talk to joy about getting in the class uh, all right thanks to you again sounds great thanks again thank you for the opportunity i enjoyed it so much all right thank you. all right everybody have a great day until next time all right bye